Greetings. You are welcome once again to this Global Online Kingdom Network. My name is Shepard Gideon, and this is the Reconciled Kingdoms International. Let's share a word of prayer as we proceed with our teachings. Father, we pray, we give you glory. In you is life, but that life of yours, if we are going to experience it, then the light of that life is supposed to be dwelling in us. Therefore, we come praying that you grant us access even to your light that will lighten up every man that heareth your word. Even so, as we keep on renewing our minds, that our lives will experience the transformation that you require of us. This is our prayer. In the name of your Holy Son, Jesus, have we prayed these things. Amen. We thank God for another opportunity to come your way. We don't have much time, so I'll go straight to what we have for today. As I promised on Sunday, today we are going to be dealing with comprehending the kingdom theology of Jesus. Now, these teachings that I'm going to be bringing your way, they are all for a specific season and they are intended to accomplish specific purposes. Activities upon the earth is governed by seasons. The season that arrives determines the activity that should be domicile in an area that's why the bible advises that make hay while the sun shines so there is a relationship between the making of hay and then the shining of the sun some few years ago those who are into suicide bombing and then those who are into transporting measles and explosives from one nation to the other they were carrying those things physically in either bags in briefcases in luggages and then when the security systems changed then they were now sending them in the form of powdery manner which they will wrap up and then they will swallow and yet another technology will be designed that will be able to detect that and then they will go on and advance into weaponizing the measles or the explosives into liquefied chemicals and then they will drink it and then when they sit in the plane in some few minutes after that they will only have to drink water and the water in addition with that kind of chemical is what is going to trigger the explosion killing millions of people this is showing us that there is always an intelligence that is required in order to survive in a specified season so the season must always determine the activities and even our approach to life and it is like that with God. David, one of God's favorite personalities, all the years of he being king, never lost a battle. And yet, 
David never repeated a battle strategy that was given to him by God. Every time he will encounter the enemies, he will always inquire from God whether to attack or not to attack, what he ought to do. And from timely basis, God will keep on giving him different strategies and different techniques of approach as to how he was to win the battle and even how he was to engage his enemies. The things that I'm going to be sharing with all of us in this season, if you do not pay attention to it and if you do not grasp the understanding that comes along with it, I can promise and assure you, you are going to pay for the consequences in the days that are approaching because we are approaching very evil days. And the Bible says in the book of Ephesians that we are supposed to be dressed in a specific way in order for us to survive what the Bible calls the evil day. So your code of conduct and then your mode of dressing is determined by the nature of the day in which you are in. So things are not always going to be the way they have always been, including church, including ministry, including worship, including preaching, singing, and clapping. Things are going to take a whole new different turn. And you better be prepared to be as dynamic as the seasons are going to keep on changing and then economics are going to keep on fluctuating. So therefore, that brings us to the message of the day. But let me inform Proud before I even go into the teaching for today that come this Sunday, I am going to give us a special message from the Lord. A message that is containing a strategy that God would want his people to be armed with and then for them to actually utilize in order for them to survive the things and then the days that are coming. So Sunday is going to be a special one. Make sure you don't miss that section. Now let's proceed. Many of us, we are good in preaching a theology about Jesus, but we have not yet come to the point where we have become aware of the theology Jesus preached about. So there is a theology about Jesus, and then there is a theology that Jesus preached about. But Jesus would rather prefer that you preach about the theology he preached about instead of you formulating another theology about Jesus. And that is a little bit of a shift of paradigm that God will require from his people. When you give birth to your child, there are certain things that you will overlook. There are certain things that you will allow, and there are certain things that you will even smile at. For instance, you do not expect a three-day-old baby to be walking. So if you see your baby always lying down at that tender age, there is no cause of alarm for that because you know that this is natural. 
But when that child begins to crock the age of three, four, five years, six years, seven years, and the baby is not making an attempt of crawling, not to talk of standing and walking and even running, then it begins now to call for attention. And then you begin now to see that something is wrong that this baby ought not to be as helpless as a daily born baby. There are certain things that you used to do for that baby that now you expect the baby itself to do unassisted. And we have entered those seasons where the things that God have been doing for us unassisted and then it has always been 100% God's involvement. That season is over. And now God is having an expectation that his people ought to be able to do certain things for themselves, by themselves, in themselves, and with themselves. So if you do not know the shifting of the season, you will still be expecting to receive from God and to get God to do what he used to do before. And you are not going to really get him to help you in this season around. So let's read a few scriptures as I introduce this teaching, comprehending the kingdom theology of Jesus. The first scripture that we will read we will be reading um, from the book of Acts chapter 17. We will read the verses 24 up to verse 30. Acts chapter 17 verses 24 up to verse number 30. Now, the background of this whole story deals with Paul the Apostle who was going about preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. And then Paul will first go to a place called Thessalonica. And then the Bible says he will go into the temple and then he will reason with the Jews out of the scriptures. And then he will get certain people to believe on the message that he preached. And then the Bible actually says that there were among them a multitude of people that believe, but some of them did not believe, and then they will cause an uproar, a commotion, violence, and then that will lead to Paul leaving that place. Paul will then go on to a place called burial, and there too he will go into their temple, reason with them out of the scriptures, and then the Bible says that they will believe the gospel that Paul was preaching. And the Bible recounts that these people were more nobler than the people in Thessalonica. So among the people who believe, the Bible says honorable women and then men who were Greeks. Now, when the Bible is giving details about the state and then the status a person is occupying, it is very key to the message it wants to communicate. So therefore, Whenever you are dealing with the Greeks, the Greeks were thinkers, the Greeks were philosophers, the Greeks were looking out for the wisdom in what you were saying. That's why the Bible says, we preach Jesus 
wisdom to the Greeks and then to the Jews a sign. So when you meet a Jewish person, they are looking for acrobats, they are looking for magic, they are looking for miracles. But when you meet a Greek, they are looking for intelligence and wisdom and enlightenment. If you cannot produce that, they wouldn't believe in your God. But Paul succeeding to get Greeks who were honorable women and honorable men to believe his message, that tells you the level of intelligence and wisdom he was using in his presentation. Now, when these people had also believed, they will go on to search the scriptures daily, whether the things Paul was teaching were so or not. That is what the Bible says made them more honorable. Honorable people are people who are learners. Honorable people are people who are seekers of truth. That's why the Bible says that it is in the glory of God to hide a thing, but the honor of kings is to search out a matter. So do not just go about calling yourself, I'm a child of God, I'm a king. The hallmark of kings is that they are they are obsessed with finding out relevant knowledge that can help improve their lives and everyday activity that they run. Those are honorable kings. So when the people in Thessalonica heard that certain people in burial had believed on the message that Paul was preaching, they will still come there and cause another commotion. And these events that are happening in this scripture, it is going to begin to happen in our world and in the nations of the world around the globe. There is going to be a lot of uproar and there's going to be a lot of rising up against the church of Jesus Christ. So that the notion of staying in temples and worshiping God is very soon going to become a thing of the past. That is why you need these new strategies as to how to effectively serve and worship and then fulfill the purposes of God for your life and then for his kingdom. So when that happened, Paul then will move on to a place that was called Athens. And then in Athens, in Rome, Paul will yet again, the Bible says, as he was there waiting for Silas and Timothy to join him, he will then be stirred up in his spirit when he then noticed that the people in Athens, they were people who were very superstitious people and they spent all their lives waiting to hear something new or to see something new that is all that they kept on doing useless life miserable life doing nothing all they kept doing was looking for a place where they could hear something new and where they could see something new like most of us we do when we hear there is this prophet we move we are going to hear something new a new prophecy a new insight a new revelation here and there and yet we do nothing with those principles that are handed down to us that was the lifestyle of the people that were dwelling in Athens so Paul will then begin now to debate and then argue with them with principles that could not be refuted and then he was brought before a guy who was called Ario Ariopagus 
and then before this man he will then present his case and then the people were waiting now to listen to what paul had to teach because the things that paul was teaching was very different from what they have been exposed to and what they were used to so let's then begin to read the words of paul the apostle as he will educate these people concerning his god and then the kingdom that he was representing verse number 24 so when you read from verse 23 paul then will begin his argument that as he was passing by he beheld and then he saw how devoted the people were they were very committed people when it comes to religious practices and then during their devotions and then their commitment they will do all kinds of things but all that they were doing was also out of ignorance so they had actually written an inscription upon their walls that to the unknown god meaning that whatever they were doing their devotion their worship their singing their clapping they were doing it to a personality they called the unknown god and then paul said that this god who you do not know that is the same god i am teaching about and i am preaching about now what will paul say concerning this god let's now read verse 24 of acts chapter 17 we will read right down to verse 30. it says god that made the world and all things therein seeing that he is lord of heaven and earth dwelleth not in temples made with hands so already paul is showing a place where if you are looking for god you will not find him there he says god does not dwell in temples made with hands neither is worshipped with man's hands as though he needed anything seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things and has made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on all the face of the earth now what god really wants men to occupy is not just temples he wants people to occupy the face of the earth but we keep on isolating ourselves from the earth, wanting to escape the earth and go to another place. And yet this is the prescribed location where God intends for men to dwell. So Paul is bringing out this fact. And then he says, and has determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation, that they should seek the Lord, if happily they might feel after him and find him, though he be not far from every one of us. So this suggests that the people were already having ideas that God was far away from them. Hence, as they are praying, they are lifting up their hands, they are looking up into the sky, and they are doing all kinds of things, thinking and calling it worship. Let's proceed. Verse 28, for in him we live and move and have our being. So all the things that these people kept on doing on daily basis, it was actually concerning and revolving god and yet they did not know that all that they were doing were all things that god wanted them to do there are people except they are in the temple they think what they are doing is not of god or that is not worshiping god but the place god wants to be worshipped is not in the temple but in the earth 
Now let's proceed. So he says, for in him we live and move and have our being, as certain also of your poet have said, for we are also his offspring. Verse 29. For as much then as we are the offsprings of God, we ought not to think that the Godhead is like unto gold or silver or stone graven by arts and man's device. Verse 30. And the times of this ignorance God winked at, but now commanded all men everywhere to repent. Now, Paul is presenting his argument that number one, he is talking about the God who made all the earth and then who created all things. And then he specifies that this God, he does not dwell in temples. Because all these people's focus and their priority and their conduct were being emphasized within temples. To the point that they'll keep asking, did you go to church? And if they say, did you go to church, they are implying, did you go to the temple? And yet the church is bigger than the temple. The church is more important than the temple. So he points out the fact that all this while the people were having a belief system that God is dwelling in temples. So until you go into a temple, you cannot meet God. And you will only be said to be a Christian, a child of God, or one that is worshipping God, if only you are found in the temple. And yet... He points to the fact that God rather prefers that he has made of one blood. The reason why he shed his blood was to unite everybody on the face of the earth so that they will actually occupy the face of all the earth, not the temples. The impact of God's nature, he wants it to be experienced and to be felt in the earth, not in temples. And then he goes on to advise that these people should have a paradigm shift. The way they have been thinking that sorry, sorry, And apostle, look, you are having a wrong location where you think God is. If you are looking for God, the God who made all the earth. The reason why I am saying that you do not know this God and yet you are worshipping him is because of the thinking you are sustaining, thinking that God can only be found in the temple. So Paul said that this God you are ignorantly worshipping, not knowing that he does not dwell in temples. So where does God really dwell and where is the meeting place of God? Let's read another verse of scripture and then I will give us a brief summary of an explanation and then we ponder over it until I come your way again on Wednesday. Let's read the book of John. John chapter 4 verse 21 to 24. Now remember that in the last verse that we read in Acts, the verse 30, Acts 17, 30, 
Paul specified that there was a certain level of ignorance that God now was winking at, meaning God now was despising, God was disregarding, God was no longer going to tolerate that kind of ignorance. God was rather now commanding, it was not a suggestion, it was not an insinuation, it was a command that he commands everybody who has ever been made to think that you can only worship God in the temple. God is saying, repent. Meaning it is even an act of sin to conclude that the whole totality of worship can only take place within a temple. So God now is requiring that people must repent. The reason why I am coming to you with these things is because of the seasons that is approaching. God now is recommending that we stop emphasizing and prioritizing on going to temples. Rather, he wants us now to inhabit the temple. So instead of you going to the temple, God now wants to find the temple inside of you. If you do not get this done, you are not going to survive the days that are coming. So the heavens are now requiring that men, all this while we have been focusing on going into temples, but now God now wants to make the temple a software. The same way we used to use fiscal money. And then now it came a time that money became digitalized, that we have something called e-money. God now wants to make his, temp his temples a software temple, a temple that is not built with hands, a temple that is built with ideas, enshrined and established within you, so that you can become a mobile kingdom, you can become a mobile vessel that transport God from one place to the other. If the impact of God is going to be felt in these last days, it is not going to happen in temples, it is going to happen in men. The temple God dwells in are the temples of the bodies of men. We have kept on prioritizing things that God does not prioritize. Physical structures of temples. And yet God does not dwell in those things. He says, for I will dwell in them and I will walk in them. Until God is found in you, it is useless being found in a temple. Because we keep going into these temples, we keep coming out, keep going in and out, and there are no significant impact and changes that are happening upon the face of the earth. Nothing. Zero. This is because of some misconception we have of a lecture Jesus gave that we did not pay attention to. Let's look at that in John chapter 4, verse 21 to 24. This was a conversation between Jesus and then the woman that he met and encountered at the well. Now, during their discussions, they will talk about a lot of things. They will begin to talk about the woman giving Jesus water to drink and so on and so forth until it will come to a point where Jesus begins to tell the lady secret about her life. Now, notice Jesus was prophesying not in a temple. He was prophesying by a well. Jesus was already in the marketplace. He was already in places where businesses were ongoing. Jesus had now made the temple a digital temple, a mobile temple. He himself was the temple. 
most of Jesus's time was not spent in physical temples. 95% of his time was spent outside physical temples. That is because he himself, he was the temple. But what we do is we spend 95% of our time in temples and we spend 5% outside. And yet the location he points to, he says, go into the world. And yet we keep telling people, come out from the world, go into temples. Let's read what Jesus would advise. So the lady, when Jesus now will begin to talk about secrets concerning her life, will then say to Jesus, now I know that you are a prophet. So the lady was trying now to localize Jesus. He was trying now to set boundaries for Jesus. But Jesus is not one person who will entertain the thought of becoming what you call him. He only be what he wants to be and who he is. He is much more than a prophet. If all you do is to prophesy, you are not very effective in the kingdom of God. If all you do is to preach, you are not very effective in the kingdom of God. At least you are going to be part of the least in the kingdom. You are much more than that. So now Jesus then will now declare to the woman that you, these people, you keep worshiping what you do not know but we worship what we know the same argument paul was presenting is the same argument jesus is presenting here that the reason why people emphasize and prioritize on specific locations is because of the level of ignorance that is in them so jesus was saying that you these people you are worshiping what you do not know but worship is rather supposed to be done from the standpoint of knowledge we worship what we know it means that until you are equipped with true knowledge you don't qualify to worship because the effectiveness of your worship is determined by the depths of your knowledge you cannot worship what you do not know and then the woman will bring her own opinion that you jews you say that we can only worship in Jerusalem and then on top of the mountains. And then this is what Jesus will say. So let's read it from verse 21, John chapter 4, verse 21, up to verse number 24. Jesus said unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. So Jesus was talking about a season. He was talking about a dispensation, a specific timeline, and then the activities that will be legalized during that season. That in a particular season, the people were worshiping in temples and God allowed that. But now God is saying that that level of ignorance, he's no longer going to tolerate it. He's now commanding that people change their minds. So he said, you people have been worshiping but now the hour is coming and it is even now here where you will need that worship in the mountains or in jerusalem that is not where you are supposed to worship the father the moment you even mention the word worship the average christian is thinking about a slow song and then the keyboard is playing strings and then everybody is emotional and they, they are waving their hands that is not worship that is a fraction of it that is a part of it that is not the totality of it that is not the kind of worship god requires 
verse 22. So he says, ye worship what you know not, but we worship what we know. For salvation is of the Jews. Now, the reason why he's saying salvation is of the Jews is because the word salvation is coming from the word to salvage, which means to seek and to find and restore that which is lost. So the reason why he's saying salvation is of the Jews does not mean that it is only the Jewish people who needs to be saved. It is the Jewish people who were lost because they were the ones who were given the law. Remember, without the law, there cannot be the imputing of sin. So we were not sinners based on the standards of God because we were not given the law. So the reason why he kept on going to the temples and the synagogue was because he was conducting a rescue mission. He wanted to extract the Jews from the temple and position them where they were supposed to worship in the earth, in the world. So when God finds you in the temple, God knows that you are in need of salvation. You are lost. <sighs> when you are located in the temple, it means you are lost. You are in the wrong place. You are worshiping in the wrong place. The temple now has become a wrong place for worship. So the reason why he would go to the synagogues and the temples of the Jews was because he was trying to save them. Why? Because they were lost. They were not found in the right place. Go into the world, they were going into temples. So he was doing a rescue mission. Let's proceed. Verse 23. But the hour cometh and now is when the true worshippers now underline that if that bible is yours the true worshipers meaning that all the worship that is happening in the temples they were just camouflaging it was just a fake worship it was an inferior kind of worship it was a false worship if you would want to argue with that why is it that we keep going to the temple we keep coming back and yet nothing is changing in our lives our world is getting evil and more wicked that is because there is something wrong with the kind of worship we are sustaining but now he talks about the true worshipers he says they shall worship the father in spirit and in truth Spirit, notice they use a small s. He's not talking about the Holy Spirit. He's talking about an attitude. The influence of your psychology, your mentality, that is being empowered by the kind of ideas that has been planted in your mind. You worship God from that standpoint. Your behavior, your conduct, your thinking, the things in your heart is finally going to reflect that God is truly in this city. God is in the earth. God is in Ghana. I can say on authority that the presence of God in Ghana may not be up to 10%. You, will, you may want to argue. The intensity of that presence, if the presence of God really is domicile in a place, the Bible tells us what that place looks like. In his presence, there is the fullness of joy. At his right hand, there are pleasures. So as long as there is not fullness of joy in your nation, it is telling you the degree and the percentage of his presence in your place. The true worshippers who worship 
the Father in spirit. Their attitude is what is going to show that really they know God. And then in truth, they are going to live their lives with principles. So the principles they work with and then the mentality they sustain is what is going to really prove if God truly is in them or is with them or is in a nation. The false worshippers, we keep stealing on Monday to Friday and then Sunday we go to camouflage. Who are we deceiving? We keep doing all kinds of things and then on Sunday we report in the temple. God looks at that and then he, he, it is such a despicable sight to him. He says, all this that you are doing is camouflage. The people claim to worship me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. The kind of attitude they are supposed to sustain, they don't have it. Yet they are claiming that they are worshiping. I am a worshiper. So my time is up. If God wills, Wednesday, I will come and proceed. And then I will show you from God's opinion, what has really caused these problems. There is something wrong with our theology. So we, we even dress in a certain way on Sundays, but on other days we dress anyhow. Why? Because we are not the church. We are not the temple. So when we are going to the temple, we dress a certain way. Liars. My time is up. If we are really going to worship in truth and then in spirit as God requires, there is an, a level of ignorance God is demanding that we lay aside and repent. The seasons that are coming will require that you are not found in the temple, but that the temple is found in you. If you don't subscribe to this technology, I can assure you, that you are going to face the consequences of ignoring such great salvation. Today is the hour of salvation when you hear his voice do not harden your heart. Your spirit will bear witness with this message that this is what God is saying. God does not dwell in temples built with man's hands. He has united through one blood all nations of the earth for to dwell upon all the face of the earth. Which part of the earth are you occupying? Do not limit yourself in a small temple. Your impact is supposed to be felt globally. But if the globe is going to feel the impact of the church, it has to be in the way that God prescribes. The church now is required to be digitalized. The church must now become a software that is installed in bodies because temples are going to be closed. Now, when temples are closed, how then do you worship? Meaning all these years, what you were taught was worship. It means you cannot worship God any longer. What will God require that you do that he will say that this is a true worship? I leave you on that note to ponder over that. If God wills, I'll come your way again Wednesday, and then I will show you what has brought these problems. Um, I apologize, I've taken five more minutes of your time. 
on Wednesday, I will meet you. Let's pray. Father, we pray. You said that your kingdom is like a man who went about casting seed. But the kind of a heart that received the seed determined whether the seed became fruitful or not. I pray that you let your spirit brood over your word and that I decree that you command light to shine out of the darkness in the hearts and in the minds of your people. In Jesus' name we have prayed. This has been the Global Online Kingdom Network. My name remains Shepherd Gideon. Until I come your way again next time, I love you and bye-bye.